is Trevor Garrett from TV Screen, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. In this episode, we had the opportunity to speak with Trevor of the band Tea Leaf Green. Tea Leaf Green is a band that hails from California. And um, first listen, you might be quick to lump them into the jam band scene, but I don't think that's an appropriate tag. Uh, These guys are all very serious players. I had a great time talking to Trevor. Um, Their band has a very interesting approach to their audience, to social networking, and you guys are going to discover that here through the course of our interview. Before we get into the interview, let's take a listen to their song, Looking West. With a bag full of dirty clothes 
So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Um, this evening I have with us Trevor of the band Tea Leaf Greens. How are you doing, Trevor? I'm doing fantastically. How are you? Fantastic. Great. Now, so for Trevor, um, I am not familiar, well, at least I wasn't that familiar with your band until the last couple of days here. And for our listeners who may not be familiar with the band, could you give us a little bit of background on who you guys are, where you came from, and a little bit about your style? Well, um, we uh, come from San Francisco. We've been uh, touring around the country for um, about eight or nine years, um, you know. We've been playing longer than that, at least most of us have. And, um, you know, we kind of... uh, Come up, come up through the, the whole jam band scene. Played a lot of summer festivals in my lifetime. Um, we've always been um, really committed to to improvisational music and and having a good time. But oh, I mean that's where we started from, just kind of jamming. But you know, it's been a it's been a long time, and we've subsequently written a lot of songs. So mm-hmm. kind of always trying to strike that balance between. Um, songwriting and and jamming. So how do you find that balance? Because I'm, I'm glad you brought up the jam band thing because that's, that's kind of what I thought of um, when I first heard you guys, but I, I hate to label anybody with that sort of thing because I don't necessarily think of you guys as a jam band. It's, I just think you guys are serious players. And when you get serious players together, they're going to jam. You know, you have a song structure, but you're yeah. going to go off because because you can. And and that's what I listen to you guys. I hear, hear the talent. Like, I can just Hear, hear the talent coming through with the lines you guys do and the phrasing. So how do you find that balance between the jam and the song? Well, yeah, I mean, for us, it's, it's the most natural thing. I mean, I mean, to go back to the whole jam band label, I mean, it's, 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 it's very controversial. Usually, you know, people don't even, like, you don't want to be labeled that. It can almost be yeah. an insult depending on who you're talking to. But I, I, I was mean, wondering if that it worked today. Yeah, uh, you know, but I've never really quite understood it because, you know, um, Led Zeppelin is a jam band. You know, Jimi Hendrix is a jam band. Uh, you know, all all of those all of those great, you know, the Rolling Stones are a jam band. You know, these I mean, all the rock and roll bands. You know, that that yeah. that I grew up listening to um, would you know in this day and age be considered a jam band. Um, and that's just, I mean, but that's just what we want to do. And, and, it, and it has to do with, like, just with the, with the scene that we came up in, you know, of yeah. um, summer festivals and, and, you know, people going on tour and all that stuff. Um, you know what? It, it's funny. So you mentioned the Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin thing. I would have never thought of that. Uh, but, you, but you're exactly right. Those guys really were jam bands. They were jam bands. Guess what? <laughs> your favorite band, your favorite classic rock band, might as well have been a jam band. <laughs> well, you're right, and, and it also goes back to. I mean, it's, and it's not like we tr- were trying to recreate, you know, the '60s or early '70s or anything. It's just yeah. that that's the music that we listen to, to like where we learned how to play music. You know, I didn't, I I wasn't, you know, when I was in high school, the, you know, the biggest biggest band around was like Nirvana and I, I, I that whole grunge thing yeah never really spoke to me um, you know didn't really I wasn't really interested in, in 
and with that and that kind of music. And I always just gravitated to the to the older stuff. But you know, I, I, I mean, but I don't try to, to um, reenact it. You know, we just we've we've taken it to our own place in the future. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was listening to a lot of your songs today. Um, and one thing that I, I want to talk about, we'll, we'll touch on later on, but I was on your website and I was able to, you know, listen to to the radio that you guys have going on there. And um, I was really, really enjoying the music. And, and again, like, I really see where you now draw, like, the Jimi Hendrix comparisons because those were all guys who were serious players. And, like I said, listening to you guys, there's just some serious chops going on. Like, you guys are real serious musicians, you know, but, but you can still hear that, it, that you keep it loose. You know, but that's kind of always what it's. There's there's no real leader of the band. You know, um, we're uh, we're we're definitely uh, you know we're more of a conference, <laughs> you know, or a council. <laughs> yeah. um, but we don't. I mean, we don't ever really decide on anything. I, we never we never got together. You know, and some people would get together in their in their band to be like, we want to make a band that's like this. We're going to write a manifesto. And we're going to change the world. I mean, we just um, we just started playing together. We try not to tell each other what to do. Um, just let everybody be, you know, be the best that they that they can be. You know, just trust everybody else's playing. And it's and, it, and it's causing you know it, it it is an evolution. We've we've had uh, you know players change over the over the years. We've um, three years ago we changed our our bass player, um, to Reed Mathis. And you know that it's a huge, huge change in our sound. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, twenty-five percent change. You know, and now we've actually started playing with a, a percussionist. So we have a fifth member of the band, and we're still, um, and, and you know, and we're still trying to figure out what what that means. You know. <laughs> um, okay. So at any given night, I suppose like since of this is really new, we just started playing with them um, three months ago. So with this kind of a, it could it can change that the sound can change. It's still it's still settling, and I hope it never settles. You know that's that's oh, what yeah. is interesting for us. That's the way. That's the reason we can tour so much, um, and not you know want to kill ourselves. Is the songs never never remain the same? You know, every night every night it's a different experience. And in fact, every night I always figure, I always find myself thinking, "Man, this, now I finally figured out. This is fi- finally figure out how to play the piano, or we finally figured out how to play this song." And I'm like, "God, we must have really been messing it up before." But then the next night I play the song again, and I'm like, "Oh, now I now I got it. Now now that's now this is the way to do it. <laughs> it's endless." Well, see, and what's nice about that is it makes it exciting for you, but also makes it very exciting for the audience. Because I know I've always found. When a band goes through like a lineup change, you got one of, one of two things: either they're going to be tired, scared, and they're not going to try anything new, or you're going to get something like um, a Mother's Milk or a Back in Black, or um, like yeah. I'm an Iron Maiden fan, so like a Number of the Beast, like like those kind of records where they they push forward, and they really really stands out when you had that member change kind of thing. So maybe yeah. you guys had this. It was a scary thing. It was a scary thing for us when we did when we had yeah. to switch pitcher bass players you know there's there's so many examples of of bands you know um you know going either way so i mean in the end we in the end i'm of the philosophy of um i'm, I'm not trying to please anybody i'm only trying to please yeah. myself and hope that that's the way to do it like that oh yeah 
So with with such a loose format of what you guys do, like take us through like your songwriting pro- process. Like, would you bring like like maybe like a keyboard riff or a melody to, to practice, and then the rest of the band develops around it? Like, how's that work? Um, well, I mean, usually um, you'll bring uh, one of us will bring in a song, you know, fairly complete, and you know they'll have maybe maybe we'll be missing a bridge and be like we got to figure out what to do on the bridge, but you know. Um, I don't. I, I can't like tell go to the go to Scott the drummer say I want you to play this drum beat like this. You know, I just kind of start playing it and see and see how everybody else starts playing along with me. You know. Yeah. Or, or, or you know, if anybody else brings in a song. Um, right now, that that for a long time I was I, I was I was writing uh, most of the songs, but now I'm I've got, I'm trying to get used to the the fact that. Uh, that some of these other guys have become really great songwriters. <laughs> so That's I gotta awesome. take a I gotta take a back seat so a lot more of the time. But it's 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 awesome, you know. How can you how can you argue with, with having um more awesome songs? Well and the one thing I really like about that is it's funny you mentioned that they're all becoming great songwriters because that is really evident to me in listening to your material. Because, you know, while while it's got a loose structure, while I can tell you guys are having fun, you're changing things up, um what what's amazing to me is the fact that you keep it together. You have a solid song structure. Like there's there's still it's it's not just a mess. It's not a mishmash. Like you start an idea, you finish the idea. You start an idea, you finish yeah. the idea. Like um, I don't know if you were ever a Sonic Youth fan at all, like in the you know, late '80s, early '90s. But I loved Sonic Youth, but they drove me crazy because they never finished an idea. In my opinion, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh no, yeah. no, they do a lot. But like I always felt like I, I hear something brilliant. And then they just kind of drift off and never close it, and and that's why I know uh, you guys like stream of consciousness. Yeah, very much, very much so. And you guys have this this definite. Um, here's the idea. Let's develop the idea. Okay, let's close that out, and now let's move on to the next idea. And I'm, I love that about about the sound you guys have. Um, Thank you. Can you say some of your biggest influences? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's necessarily something that we've we've. Uh, Done on purpose, but <laughs> um, it, I mean that's just why I hope. Hopefully, we can be cohesive as a band. You know, those things. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Who would you say some of your biggest influences were? You know, you mentioned Hendrix and Zeppelin, those sort of things. Like, who who else really do you think shaped um, where you guys come from? Um, you know, I mean, in the in the early days we first started, I'd, I'd be though I spent years denying it, but I had come to come to the conclusion that it is true. <laughs> um, when we first started out, we 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 liked fish a lot. Okay. <laughs> Back in the the heady days of 1998 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and uh, we've gotten compared a lot to the Grateful Dead over time, which. I always thought it was strange because I never really listened to them that much, but um, but I but I have subsequently over time and gotten into it and I've realized that um, we that we have a lot of the same influences as the Grateful Dead as far as gotcha. um, my writing and going back into into folk music. Um, you know, I, I I'm actually an old folky at heart. And, I know that Jerry Garcia was too, and I can you can hear it in the songs, you know, where it's like, oh, he's just ripping that from an old from an old folk tune. You know, that's yeah. shit I do. <laughs> and ah. um, so, so I mean, there is like that kind of circle, uh, but 
I mean, but for me, like personally, growing up, uh, I I loved all kinds of stuff. Uh, I loved Taj Mahal a lot. I loved um, The Cure. Uh, I loved uh, I loved ska music. <laughs> I went through I went through pretty um, pretty intense uh, phase as a rude boy. <laughs> nice ska band. <laughs> Those were the days. Oh yeah, I I, I guess I, I kind of missed the third wave of ska. I really enjoyed those years. It was really great for for high school students because um, it's it's a pretty simple format to actually play in a genre. You know, it's pretty simple music. Yeah. But then you get then you get the added bonus of adding a horn parts. So you have to make a you know you make a uh, you go to the marching band um, <laughs> section of your high school and try to recruit a couple of the, the band members and you start yeah. writing horn parts. And growing up in, in the suburbs around San Jose, the you know the only cool thing to do was to go to to punk shows or ska shows that should be held in local community centers or, or library yeah. basements. So that's um, you know that was just the cool thing to do. So I had I had to get in there. That's awesome. They were easy to get to too. You know, and, and well, what's funny is I. I, well, the, those shows were very accessible. They were easy to get to. But I, I hear, like, the sky influence in your playing as far as, like, I, I think, like, from the idea of arranging a horn section. Yeah. You know, I, I can hear those I, kind I, of influences I, I kind of actually through. kind of recently got more into the, um, more into those sort of Jamaican rhythms or just playing the upbeats, you know, more, more of my roots, my ska roots. Uh, I, a couple years ago, I remember I was I was playing in in Jacksonville, Florida, and I just I just let go and I just started playing all upbeats, and I was just having a great time. <laughs> oh man, I'm just coming back to my youth. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, I, you know, I'm 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 just incorporated it back in because um, I used to just want it. I used to try to get away from that and just be and just do all kinds of crazy ragtime syncopations. Um, around the guitars and, and I still I still like to do that but it's, it's nice just to relax and play that oh, yeah. yeah it's it's all about making the song flow for what the song needs to be you know yeah yeah so I, I mentioned earlier I was talking about your website because your website is a band really impressed me I think it's what every band website needs to be um, your website is this hub of communication like it was easy for me to find any way to interact with you with Facebook, Twitter, whatever was going on. Every, like, you guys had links out to archives of your live shows. Um, it was just this wealth of information. Like, if I'm a fan, fan, of, fan of your band, that is a very easy place for me to come and get a live show and really enjoy the music. Um, can you tell us about how that came about? Like, like, I've never seen anybody else really put it together like that, especially giving away free live music like that like how did how did you guys come to that decision or what spawned you to put together a site like that well I mean we've basically just been really lucky in in um, knowing uh, and having a friend by the name of Brian Karkowski who has been making our doing our website for for 10 years or more um, and it's it's pretty much all him <laughs> um, wow and uh, I mean, I don't do I don't do web design, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, we're we're just we're really fortunate that we have someone that's really good, really good at like at, at making something that works. But as so far did as, he? Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. 
Um, but as you know, as far as trying to give away music, um, I mean that's just sort of a no-brainer for us. Uh, we're trying to figure out ways to to do more. It's just I mean we play so much. We have all these we have all these shows that are recorded. Um, uh, we might as well let people hear them. And I think that's fantastic. And that leads me into the next piece. Um, do you guys have a taping policy up on your site where you let people come and tape your live shows? Can you tell us more about that? Um, you know, that, that's just something that, you know, from, from really early on, we that, that was just what, you know, was the cool thing to do, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. you have, you felt, it makes you feel like you're a good band if some tapers would show up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes, sometimes I wish that there wasn't people taping the shows. <laughs> but, um, like, uh, maybe we could just let that one just, you know, be <laughs> just be out there in the universe. But you know, it's, it's a compliment. Um, you know, they're, those tapers—they're the real—they're the real music music geeks. You know, if, yeah. Uh, the geeks—the geeks are into it. Then you might—you must be doing something right because they're really listening. You know, they're, they're, they're telling people to, to, to be quiet. So it, it doesn't mess with their recordings. Ah. And, see, I've always thought it was great when a band had a policy about taping. Like, so, you know, I mean, growing up, like the shows I was going to, like Kiss, uh, Ted Nugent, that sort of stuff, it was always like, nope, no, no flash photography, no recording. No flash photography, no recording. And then there is, you know, it's kind of, I guess, tying in your Grateful Dead reference here, and this is the only reason I can see why people compare to the Grateful Dead, but Jerry Garcia was always like, yep, I want tapers there, because, and thinking kind of like what you guys say, where you say the song changes every night, he's like, once I've played those notes, they're gone. You're never going to hear them again, so go ahead, capture them. You know, and yeah. I really think I mean, you guys have embraced that spirit. It has a lot to do with... But you know, with corporatism, really, you know, um, the, you know, the Grateful Dead they didn't really have a record label, or you know, they had the, they were their own record label. So it's always it's it's always the guys in suits that are, that are trying to control the the information. The you know, they'd be like, no, yeah. no photographs, no, no recordings, you know, um, because you know they're they're wearing suits and they think you know they're going to cheapen their product. You know, they're not going to sell any more yeah. any more records, and you know. And we've, you know, we've always kind of like gone with more of the, uh, more of the Grateful Dead approach to that. I mean, also we've never really had a, a major label telling us to not do it. So, and nowadays it's, it's, you know, you just people give away the records anyways. So, you might as well just not at all. With with today's technology, it's so much easier to get that material out there now. Um, oh, I had a question about the live show, and I can't think of what it was now. Um, as far as far as the tapings, so, oh, I know. Um, so your live shows, you know, we talked about every show is different. So, how does your um, studio album then differ really from the live show? Like, how how did you compare those two? Or like, what's your process in the studio versus what's your process live? Yeah, it's it's always been a a huge struggle for us to make a studio record. Um, and every time we've done it, made a studio record, it's always been a totally different process. So we, it's always, always just kind of experimenting with it. But um, you know, I mean, my first compulsion is to is to if you're in the studio, just to make a just to focus on the songs and not have jams. You know, 
I, I don't I don't I don't really understand how you can jam in the studio. Yeah. I really never really figured that one out. <laughs> you know, you need an audience to jam for. So um, So yeah, I mean we you know, we we've just it's actually been a, a long process in learning how to make a record. Maybe one day we'll figure it out. We're we're actually <laughs> almost done with another record right now and I'm really, really excited about it. I feel like I feel like we finally come up with a winning combination. Um, oh, that's awesome. You know, fo- focusing, focusing on parts rather than and improvisations and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's, I, mean, hope, I mean, can't wait to get it out there. Hopefully, uh, you know, like a new, a new chapter in Tea Leaf Green history. That's great. Now, um, when you guys go to the studio, like, do you actually rent studio time, or does somebody in the band have like their own Pro Tools session? Like, how do you guys do that? Um, yeah, we've done we've done all kinds of things. You know, we've, we've, yeah, rented. Stu- I mean, you always got to rent studio time, but um, right now we've we've got a um, a really good, real good deal going on with um with some friends that own a studio in Oakland, and so. This is the, the first time we've actually been able to kind of really take our time and go in and out of the studio. We've always gone, like, location, like, spent a week somewhere. Um, our last big record, Raise Up a Tent, we, we went to Richmond, Virginia, camped out in this warehouse for two weeks, you know? Um, which was, it was kind of a, a real, um, it was an experience. Like, we, couldn't, we didn't even go outside. It was too cold, you know? Oh, wow. We were just in there making a record. But this has been a little bit more... More leisurely, we've we've been more um, able just to focus on one song at a time rather than try to do, you know, all the songs all at once. So it gives, gives us a chance to, to put all our brains on each song and you know make them all unique. Wow, I, I'm looking forward to hearing that new record. So uh, you guys are currently on tour now, is that correct? Um, no, we're actually just about to start. Um, okay. I'm, I'm still sit, still sitting in my in my room in San Francisco, but um, oh wow, we're, we're gonna. But we have a, a gig this weekend and uh, in Tahoe, which I guess could be the um, official start of the tour. Uh, but I'm gonna go home after that and then fly out to Indiana, which in a few days after that, get into the get into the cold snows of the Midwest. Yeah, that's what I'm experiencing right now in Pennsylvania. Yep. All right, so the tour's starting here soon then, and then you guys will be through Pittsburgh on January 29th, and you're coming to Mr. Smalls. Yep, love that place. So looking forward to seeing you guys out there. Yeah, it's a heck of a little venue. It really is. I've been always been impressed with it. It's just so weird. I love that town, too. It's <laughs> it's a weird... I mean, every time I go there, I just like to walk around that place. Um yeah. It's almost, it's almost like time forgot it. There's a, yeah. There's a uh, there there there's an old fashioned um, soda fountain deli place down the street where they'll make you a like a ham sandwich for a buck fifty. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. We've got a lot of great hidden treasures like that all over the city. We really do. All right, well, Trevor, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to talk to us tonight here on the show. And uh, we can't wait to see you when you come through Pittsburgh. Great. Thank you. 
And that was our interview with Trevor of Tea Leaf Green. Tea Leaf Green will be here in Pittsburgh at Mr. Small's Theater on January 29th. The opening act will be Sons of Bill. And if you'd like to get more information on that show or purchase tickets, you can visit opus1productions.com. We have one last little treat for you, and that is a few audio clips of the band Frontiers. They're a Journey tribute band, and they will be performing at the Altar Bar on Saturday, January 29th, along with a couple of great local bands, Ashes to Ashes, who I know have been featured on the show before, and Gypsy Grin. So go out, see some awesome Pittsburgh music, and you're gonna get the bonus of an awesome Journey tribute band. Um, I think you're gonna enjoy these clips. I was checking them out, and they are really, really solid act. So. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can find us at ironcityrocks.com. Check out our blog for different news and updates. And as always, thank you for listening. What you love means to me, open oh, oh.